Welcome to the By the Hood podcast. Before we jump into this episode, just wanted to make you aware that on our website, bythehood.com, we have a free webinar on an intro to the stock market. So please go check it out. Just go to bythehood.com and you'll get the free intro to the stock market webinar. Take it easy and enjoy this episode. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. I just want to say thank you to anyone who shows us any kind of support. Special shout out to all the students from By the Hood University, as well as the youth from the By the Hood Ownership Camp. We appreciate all the support. My partner, Crom, is back in the building with me. Corey, what's up, bro? What's good, y'all? You know, every day above ground is a good day. Never complain about being alive. Love to be here. Absolutely. Listen, so our platform is designed to highlight brothers and sisters who are doing positive work in the community, just putting out positive energy and, and doing everything they can to help build our community. And this sister that we have with us now, um, she's a member of our network. I always talk about this, right? So um, people don't recognize just how many folks are out here doing good work, but we are surrounded by them on a daily basis. Um, our network and our groups are just amazing. The sister right here is, is doing all kinds of great work and she's helping families to build you know, wealth. And I want to make sure that we highlight her and get her to tell her story. So we got our sister Dion Blanks with us. What's up, Dion? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are y'all? Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank Listen, you for um, being here. You know, like we started off saying, it's about the positive work and, you know, the energy and everything that you do your work is, um, is appreciated. So we want to make sure we talk about that. But before we get into that, let's talk about your background. Um, Where are you originally from? And where's your upbringing like? I'm, I'm born and raised in Raleigh, North Carolina, and I still reside in North Carolina here. So um, as far as my upbringing, I am one of four. So I have an identical twin sister and a brother and an older sister. We were raised by a single mother in low-income housing. Uh, and I never say we were poor at all because of how our mother raises and what she put into us, but we didn't have uh, as much as other people had, but we had a lot more than a lot of people in our neighborhood, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, so, sure. Yeah, so um, that's how we were brought up. We were um, raised by our family. I say that because our grandfather and grandmother and extended family also helped to raise us. You can imagine how hard it was for a you know, single mother with four kids, two of them being twins, um, to do by herself. So glad she wasn't alone. So we had a really nice upbringing. Of course, we always could have had more, but you know, we learned as we went along the way. So you had a village, basically. You had a village. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We had. We still have a large um, village surrounding us and our kids now. So that's it's important. super important. Absolutely, that's important. What kind of student were you coming up? I was all A's. Um, I was valedictorian of um, North Carolina a when I graduated with a degree in finance in 99. So I got one D ever in life, and my mother never let me forget that. So I never did that again. <laughs> <laughs> it was a D in science in seventh grade. And that was my last grade below a B ever in life, all the way through college. So I was a really good student. Um so, I see, I see it must have really bothered you. You still you still the way you still talk about it. That <laughs> oh, no, you it. remember I'll that. I'll never forget it. She was like, Oh, you want to bring home a D as hard as I'm working? No, baby. <laughs> So, so you said, all right, so let's get back. You said you went to North Carolina uh, A&T. So you went to um, yes. A&T. Okay, that's, that's dope. And you majored in finance. Yeah, yeah. Not Whenever you grow up with not so much, the main thing that I wanted was money. So I said, okay, how can I get that? Let me go to school and major in finance. 
they'll teach me how to be rich, negative, you know, that's not how quite how it worked. But um, I did major in finance because I did want to understand how to make money, how money worked. Um, I ended up getting a lot from ANC, loved the school, but it did not teach me exactly what I needed to know to grow wealth like I thought. Um, what it did do was give me a foundation for corporate finance. So from there, I kind of went into um, working for a Fortune 500 company. And I'm like, no, this is not what I want to do. I want to work with people and money. So that's where I kind of pivoted from doing financial analysis for corporations to actually helping individual people back in 2001 is when I started uh, to change my path. Okay. So um, interesting, right? So Nice. A lot of people think that they can go to school, major in finance, and that's going to, you know, let them help their folks. So, and you said you didn't learn too much. Was it anything that you got from there that's helped you in your, you know, in terms of? Oh, so yeah. Oh, I learned a lot about corporate finance. The main thing that helps me now, like as an investor, is financial statements. So I'm definitely not saying they didn't teach me anything. It wasn't what I thought that I needed at the time because I'm like, OK, I have my degree, but I'm still broke. I'm, you know, I don't know really what I'm doing here. Uh, and so it gave me a foundation. Uh, for me to be able to not be intimidated by looking at financial statements and really looking at the numbers. So it definitely did give me that. But uh, the rest of it, I kind of had to take courses and classes and, you know, self-education for me has been the best um, option even after college. Okay, interesting. So what was that like in 2001, making that transition from corporate finance to now wanting to help um, families? Uh, It was interesting. I will tell you that because I went from um, making really good money as a new graduate. I work work for General Electric as a financial analyst. And I actually quit there and went to work for a nonprofit and I um, split my salary in half. So, Mm. but it's something that I wanted to do. So at the nonprofit at a financial center, I was working with um, doctors and these high powered people really working with them on their cash flow planning and their debt reduction. And that was my first introduction to really understanding that just because you have a high income does not mean you know how to manage money. So that experience was priceless, even though I had to make a little bit less and back up a little bit in order to do something I wanted to do. uh, I really gained a lot from that experience. And and I still use that going forward. Uh, And whenever I had my little run in with debt, I was able to pull back on some of the information that I was using to help them out in order to dig myself out because look, my financial story is not pretty at all. I'm gonna tell you that right now. (laughs) Well, let's talk about this though. What kind like how tough was that decision, right? Because you said you were making great money as a financial analyst for a Fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. and you decided that it wasn't fulfilling you, and you wanted to go do this other thing. But you had to take a 50% pay cut. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to talk about that for a second because I don't care how much you make. I don't care if you make fifty thousand or you make hundred. Taking a 50% pay cut, that's drastic, right? Regardless of how much you make, how difficult of a decision was that for you? And how did you just say, "Look, I'm just going to go for it." Uh, it was very drastic. Um, but what happened was my health started to um, kind of deteriorate and like my hair was coming out. I was extremely stressed out. So at the end of the day, I had to really think about, OK, what is more important here? Am I going to be stressed out working like 70 hours a week traveling here and there and all of that? And plus, I knew I wanted a family. So I decided very early on what was priority to me. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
it was okay because I knew that my health wasn't worth it. My well-being wasn't worth it. I was the only black person in the, the, the whole department. And that comes with its own set of um, stressors right there. So whenever I made the decision, I'm like, okay, I have to do what's best for me, what's best for my future family. Um, and I knew that the money would come if I followed my heart and it did. So uh, in hindsight, I'm like, okay, I was pretty wise to be so so young at the time. <laughs> it, was a, it was a tough decision. Um, but yeah, when your hair started coming out, you kind of start making different moves. Is you know, <laughs> you know well, listen, stress, stress is real. <laughs> yeah, stress is real. Um, and that adds a whole other layer to it, right? You know, um, because who cares how much you make if you can't enjoy it, right? If you all stressed out. So yes. man, but I know that still had to be a tough decision. Like, you know, when you heard when I heard you say 50%, I'm like, that's yeah. that's stress. Yeah. I don't know if I can do that. It was a lot. And I went to a nonprofit, so they didn't even have benefits at all. So <laughs> I stayed there for about two years. And then, um, honestly, that's what got me into wealth management. So with the nonprofit, I ran their trust departments because we collected their money and then we had to pay the money out to all of their creditors. And so I had an opportunity to switch from that and do the same thing, but as a trust officer for the wealth management division of a regional bank. And so that's when I got into retirement plan services, institutional trust and wealth management. So it was really interesting how I was able to go from that nonprofit experience and use that in order to get into wealth management. And that's kind of what um, I'm still using all of that now even coaching people and teaching people about investment so it worked out in the end yeah it's all part of your journey all oh, yeah. you can yes, you indeed. Are now, yes right? indeed yeah so that's 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 good stuff though so now you're out here um doing the work you're helping educate families and helping people make better financial decisions um how did you let's talk about that transition right so you went from the big corporate finance to the nonprofit, and then you just said you know into wealth management so how did you transition to what you're doing today so I worked in wealth management and we assisted individuals individuals with high net worth. They had to have over a million dollars in assets in order for our division to take care of their IRAs and beneficiary IRAs and that type of thing. And so I wanted to really get into the employees understanding how money works. employees meaning myself. So I went to management. I'm like, OK, we really need to kind of start educating everybody on how to gain wealth, not just how we manage wealth for other people. And they politely set me down and like, look, we get paid based on assets under management. We don't get paid to educate people on how to do this themselves. And I'm like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I don't want to um, sit here and pretend like we are actually helping people grow their wealth. We're not. We're helping to manage people who already have wealth. But where do regular people go to get that education that they need in order to grow wealth? And so being from a background where I was not necessarily introduced to the stock market or growing well like that, it just made me even hungrier to, for me to really say, OK, yes, I understand how to manage other people's wealth. But how do I take this information and use it in order to grow my own wealth for my own family? And so back in 2017, I walked out of my last full time job. I dedicated myself to fully immersing myself into learning how to grow my wealth via the stock market. So just to back up a little bit, I didn't start in the stock market as far as wealth building. I started in real estate back in 2002. And so that kind of gave me a little bit more flexibility as to the routes that I wanted to take in life and uh, understand different ways to make money, as well as I'm married. And my husband was like, look, I know you're serious about building wealth for our family. In 2017, he was like, OK, go for it. So that's what I did. I started 
looking and seeing how as a family we could grow wealth, not just through real estate, but through business ownership as well as the stock market. And once I um, did that and I felt comfortable, I took our retirement uh, funds from our investment advisor and started self-managing ourselves and our returns were like ridiculous. And I said, okay, let me see if I can replicate what I'm doing with my sister, my identical twin sister, my older sister, my nieces, my nephews, and it just kept happening over. And I'm like, okay, I'm on to something as far as how I'm able to teach them how to do the same thing and get better results than average. So I just used that and kind of formed that into um, the, the program that I offer now. Okay, that's awesome. Nice. Listen, um, and you're doing amazing work out there helping families. So I um, want to make sure we put that on the record, give you your flowers right while we have you here. Um, <laughs> right. Oh. And you said I help families. So I know a lot of people do like individual, you know, I only help this person, but I usually help families. It's typically husbands and wives. Uh, one of them is always more excited than the other one, but it's also, <laughs> uh, it can be, you know, the parent and a child as well. Uh, so I do love helping Black families grow well. That's my, look, that's my jam. That's what I do. <laughs> Got you. Let me ask you this question. And working with um, so many families and so many people and throughout your journey, what do you think is the biggest misconception that um, the folks that you've helped have about wealth or wealth building? Um, one thing is about the, what money is and how you can use it. You know, I don't know about a lot of people, but some people grew up thinking that rich people and wealthy people were evil people. And I think for the people that I work with, the, the community that I came up in, a lot of times it's like your mind is not going to allow you to become wealthy or rich because you do have those belief systems that were given to you or passed down to you. So I don't think that um, many people understand the power of using money as a tool to do good things in the community. And so that's the biggest misconception is that rich people or wealthy people are greedy or they're mean, they're selfish. All those things and adjectives that are used to describe people with money um, is really keeping people away from getting to the bag and getting to the money because of that thought process. So um, the bottom line is our, our mindset. That's it. Mm, man, that's, that's, that's some good stuff yeah, right there. That's powerful. Yeah. Let me ask you this question. Um, I'm pretty sure you probably have, you know, more than one favorite. If you want to give us a couple, give us a couple. What are some of your favorite books that have helped you along your journey from going from where you started? Like, what are some of your favorite books? Um, the Science of Getting Rich. I love that one. I love Thinking Grow Rich. That was the first book that my mom gave me about money. And it really changed the way that I thought about money. Um, the Power of the Subconscious Mind. That way, anything dealing with your mindset, because I don't think that as um, someone who grew up like we did, going from being low income to actually having wealth, that transition is so mental. So I know it's like one of my favorite financial books, but honestly, it was the books that helped me change my mindset that allowed me to accept being becoming wealthy if that makes sense so those oh, are the books that really helped me I, of course i like rich dad poor dad because it gave me a foundation for thinking about assets and liabilities and that type of thing as well but um any of the books that i have and i have a million books like i have a whole library of books because i read a lot but those books um really provided a foundation for the power of using your mind and manifesting 
um, what you what you want it to have and what your your life you wanted your life to be. I think that it's the most powerful thing when somebody can come from not having nothing or too much to actually having things that most people who are even born into wealth can't even um, they don't even know how to, to 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 get those things again. So being first generation. Uh, I call myself a first generation wealth builder, myself and my family, my siblings. We are like that generation who is like, okay, we are going to use what we have gotten and take it to the next level. So, you know, that generation, it's just powerful just to be in the generation making that transition. And so many opportunities now, whether it's in stocks, crypto and NFTs and so many opportunities for people who are first generation, who are right out, like they say, right out the mud Mm -hmm. um, to to get it and to grow it. So, you know, that that mentality, that mental shift is important. Got you. Got you. So along this journey from, you know, you talked about your your childhood um, and your transition from corporate America to where you are now. What would you say is the biggest hurdle um, that you had to overcome to, to lead you to where you are now? hands down being in debt. So to back up a little bit, I have had businesses since I was nine. So me and my twin sister started a business when we were nine. We just have been that type of entrepreneurs for a very long time. Well, in 2008, 2009, I decided to open a retail store um, where selling natural hair products. I went through all the process about how my hair fell out and all that kind of stuff, where at the time, it's like nobody was really focusing on Black women and hair. So I said, let me go ahead and open up my boutique focusing on Black women hair and how to grow hair naturally and that type of thing. So it went well until the big boys came in. So here come Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, everybody else now sell, sold the product. And so I had to shut my store down. But when I did, it left me in literally tens of thousands of dollars in debt, in credit card debt, because I needed that to grow my store and to, you know, to make sure I had inventory and to pay the employees. It was a lot. So I think that was the biggest thing for me, the biggest hurdle for me as someone who had a background in finance, majored in finance, worked in financial services, wealth management. I wasn't supposed to be there, not supposed to be there, you know. So just dealing with the the feeling and, you know, honestly, the embarrassment of being in that situation, it was really, really tough for me. And so I used what I learned back in 2001 when I was helping the doctors and everybody get through their stuff. And I use that same thing with me. And I'm like, you know what? This feels different when it's you, you know, (laughs) when you're actually going through it, it's a little bit different. And so I just use that information. I'm like, you know, sometimes you make promises and you say, you know, God, if you get me out of this, I'm going to help somebody else. So in 2017, I paid off every single piece of debt that I owed. I started coaching, financial coaching. So I started with cash flow planning, debt reduction plans for individuals. And then we moved on to investment education. That's what I do now. Nice. You so so you 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 got a lot of things going on in there. And I and I and I know you're skipping over some things because we ain't got 17 hours to, to, to do this. But one thing I wanted to ask you about is your, your financial education came from college um, and you said you had to go on your own kind of financial journey to be able to take you from where you are to where you're at. I mean, where you were to where you're at. Um, so along that financial journey, how did you, you know, manage to, to, to get all of that information and then to like amalgamate that information and put it together? 
Yep, that's a good question. So yeah, I did get a lot of it from um, college as far as the financial education piece, but a lot of it came through life experiences and really yeah. what I do it myself. So it's only so much you can read in a book, but honestly, until you actually go through it and have your own $56,000 in debt hanging over your head, it's really <laughs> hard for you to teach somebody how to get out of that situation. And whenever you um, grow through that, it's some things and tricks and some mindsets and shifts that you learn just by going through it that then you're, I was able to, or I am able to now share with other people who are on their same path of, you know, getting out of debt and trying to build wealth. So, you know, that was one thing. And then the other part of it was educating myself on how to actually grow wealth. Getting out of debt is one thing, but actually growing wealth is another thing. So, you know, I basically had to surround myself with other people who were on that same path. When I was getting out of debt, I was in groups and Facebook chats and everything about people who were on that same path. After that, then I switched to by the hood. You know, I went to, you know, James Hopkins and mm -hmm. mentors who were able to focus me on growing wealth. So, you know, every level requires a new set of people that you surround mm -hmm. yourself with who are on that next level. And so I always try to, you know, make sure that I'm surrounding myself with people who are where I am currently, just as a support group and also someone who is above me as far as in the information and the intelligence and certain things. The NFTs and crypto, y'all have been very instrumental in that. You know, you know, tone with options and just everyone who is a, a step above me, I make sure that I am following them and really listening to advice. As much as I am a teacher, I'm also a student. I'm a lifelong student at that. So, you know, with that being said, um, Corey, just to answer your question, that it just makes sense for me to make sure that I'm surrounding myself with other people who are on the same path and also people who are ahead of me, as well as reaching back to people who have not yet gotten to where I am right now so that I can kind of help them. So it's almost like you are, you know, playing uh, double dutch with your life, but you kind of have to have all those people kind of surrounding you so that you stay on the right path. You dropped yeah, a lot of stuff like right there. You yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every, like every, yeah, every level, every level, yeah. you gotta have a new group. I, I, that, that's powerful. Um, yeah, man, that, that you said a couple of things right there. That's why I'm saying, like, man, that was a lot, but that was that was yeah. a, lot of, a lot of gems within that conversation um, about surrounding yourself with the right people. I want to go back a step further though, because something else you said that intrigued me, right? Because in my experience, when people get into debt and I'm trying to help them, one of the things that is like a, a common theme that I hear people say, and it's something you said. And I'm like, well, why don't you say something sooner? And they, and they talk about the embarrassment, right? Especially if it's someone who's educated, who, who actually, you know, knows how things work, but they're just getting themselves in a situation, you know, maybe like you did, trying to keep a business afloat. Um, and I've heard that several times. How did you get to the point where you said, look, I got to stop digging the hole um, and I got to figure this out? Like, what was that? What was this? Like, what happened at to make you make that shift? Like, I got to stop this. I got to work towards this because now you're transparent enough to talk about it, right? So you talk about it being embarrassing, but you're, you know, you're sharing your story and I'm pretty sure you'll help someone else, but what was it? Um, to be honest, I had maxed out my credit cards. <laughs> oh, it was just no more, it was, it was nowhere else to go. You would say, <laughs> do I open another credit card or do I figure out this mess? So, you know, that was one thing. I had like two SBA loans and maxed out credit cards. I'm like, uh-uh, I cannot do this. 
Um, and so it was really coming to the realization that I cannot continue to try to hide behind my credit card debt by keeping this business afloat. It just, it can't, it just could not continue. It was again, very, very stressful. And again, it starts to weigh on you. And so, you know, I just closed my eyes and sent that we are closing email to all of my customers who have been my customers for years. That was probably the hardest thing that I had to do. But afterward, you know, you, I just felt such a sense of relief. And I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to be able to use that experience to help somebody else. But it was a very long time before I was able to kind of really talk about my debt situation. Uh, for me, when I'm going through something, I have to go through it and focus on that. And I never try to help anybody while I'm struggling in that same thing. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I'm healed from whatever that was that I was going through, now you look, give me a hand. Let me let me show you how I did that. And so it was the same type of thing. I kind of had to heal from that because it, it is embarrassing. And like it shouldn't be because we are human, but at the same time, it's like you don't want everybody in your business. And you know, you're not supposed to be here, but you are human. This is life. This is it is what it is. And I did not go to grad school. Um, I actually did start an MBA program, but I'm like, hey, this is not what I need right here. You're not teaching me how to make money like I want to. So anyway, I think about that experience as my graduate degree. I always look at that. That was my MBA because I learned some real deal management skills, financial skills. So much was taught from me going through that lesson. So I kind of had to reposition and put things into perspective so that I could get the value out of what that experience taught me. So yeah, it took me a while to get over that embarrassment. But yeah, just to answer your question, it does... Um, come with some feelings that you just don't want to talk about at the time, but afterwards you you are okay with doing after you can talk from that healing part. No, yeah, thank you for sharing that because I'm pretty sure you'll help someone, but I, I think it's amazing. Like, you know, we, we can laugh about it now, but I, it wasn't funny when you were going through it, right? No, <laughs> at all. Uh -uh. Yeah. I was sitting on the couch shaking like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know, life is all about experiences and now you're able to share it and help other people because you've been through it. But I, I just think that. And one other thing you said I want to um, focus on is you talked about, you know, now, you know, with your business in terms of helping other families and, and, and folks that you're also still a student. And I think that's important. Right. Because even Maybe. as you master certain things and learn certain things, you always have to be a student. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like the need to always be a student, even as a teacher? I have spent so much money on courses and I don't regret not one course I have ever taken. Um, as a matter of fact, I just finished y'all's course last week, part one of the three ways to, uh, crypto, yeah. Yeah, to triple your, your crypto. And I'm going to start part two this weekend, as a matter of fact. I am always and forever going to be a student because nobody knows everything. That's the thing. People say, you know, I'm, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to get out here and make a mistake. Well, guess what? That's how you learn. That's number one. But if you can cut your learning curve by benefiting from learning from someone else who has already been there, done that, do it. You know, it's an investment in yourself and your self-education. And that's the best investment that you can make. Um, because, you know, why would you stumble through something and go through it when somebody is saying, hey, I got you, listen, listen to me, um, you know, as it, it relates to these different things that you want to learn about. And plus, the world is changing so much. This new world that is being introduced as far as crypto um, is concerned, DeFi banking, the metaverse, 
NFTs is so much. If you try to just go out there on your own without being in some type of network or group or with individuals who've already been there, done there, that you will probably be frustrated and quit. So not only is it important to continue self-education, but like I said, it's also important to surround yourself with um, groups like By the Hood and different communities who are focused on learning how this new world operates so that you can not be out here by yourself trying to, to swim from A to Z and just getting overwhelmed. So for me, self-education will always be a huge part of um, what I'm about. Like I said, my mom taught us how to read books and you know about mindset from very early. So it's like, this is just something that we do is self-educate ourselves as it relates to anything that we're interested in from real estate to crypto to stocks, it doesn't matter. You get in there, you dig in there, you surround yourself with the right people in the right course. Man, amazing. So um, I wanna know, you know, you told us about your story, you told us about your journey and thank you for being so transparent. Um, what does the future hold for you? What are some of the things that you're looking to do in the future uh, to build out your business? What does what the future hold for Dion? Um, well, I have my Build Wealth Academy where I teach families how to actually build out their stock portfolio. So, of course, we teach them about the stock market uh, as well as actually creating a portfolio for long-term generational wealth building. So I want to really uh, focus on that as well as in 2022, get really into working with um, the women that I have. I have both women and men and families, but I really want to work, work with women and money. Uh, so I'll be starting that separate uh, segment in order to focus on that because I feel like women are going to, to really need, especially professional women, because I've been there. Um, we have to really do some work as far as our spending habits and the things that we put value on. So I really want us definitely in our community to be able to increase our passive income. Because look, we need to be here for our families, for our husbands, for our children, for ourselves. So I would love to see Black women specifically really get more into the passive income. Yes, we have the degrees, but we need the assets as well. So if I can help um, our my fellow sisters focus on that a little bit more in 2022. That will be one of the things that I'm looking to grow in and, and make sure that we're able to relax and have a life of leisure as well, and also be able to dedicate to our families and our husbands and our communities and ourselves and give us the attention that we need. So that's what I'm looking forward to coming up. Nice, nice. nice. Listen, I'm, I'm very excited to see your journey. Um, Corey, you have anything before we get out of here, good brother? I, I I have a million questions, but well, I'll ask one. All right. So you said you wanted to, uh, you know, dedicate yourself to, you know, moving toward the the, the women and, and things of that nature. So uh, with the with the the way that things are going right now, as far as the economy um, is is shifting, it's 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 shifting right under our feet and things of that nature. What um kinds of uh you know opportunities? are you looking to move them toward without giving away the whole sauce? Like what kinds of opportunities are you looking to, to build with them? Um, one is the introduction to decentralized finance. That's going to be huge 
for um, what I focus on going forward. And thank you to you all for introducing me to that platform and Jay, of course. But being able to use that um, that system in order to deal with real life debt issues, you know what I'm saying? Man, uh, real, and being able to use that and build that way uh, and build in new types of spaces, of course, stocks and savings and all that, the basics and foundations is what we want to do. But in addition to that, how do we then use this DeFi, this new world in order to solve real life issues in order to um, create the life that we desire? So it'll be about um, basically merging those two worlds together and seeing how we can profit going forward um, and be able to, to kind of live a, a better life and, and elevate our standard of living. Because, you know, I've seen it. We've worked very hard in corporate America, at home, and it's taxing. We are super women, but we're not a super woman. You know what I'm saying? So we're yep. not superheroes. And a lot of times we forget that. So if I can add any time back and give that to us so that we can dedicate it to ourselves and our families, I'm going to do it. So that's probably going to be the, the way that I approach things as far as, you know, introducing them to passive income strategies and decentralized finance and see how we can work it out that way. You know, we, we, are uh, phone call, text, inbox, whatever you got to do, you know, we willing to help you because, you know, like I said, you you do amazing, amazing work in our community and other in your community. So that's 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 a, that's a phone call, text, whatever you got to do to get in contact with us. Let us know because we on that same mission. You know, we're not so super much. focused. Yeah, we're not super focused on women the same way you are, and you have a circle that we can't touch. So we want to be able to help you touch your circle the way you can. We would like, you know, love to be able to help you build in that capacity. That is awesome. Y'all have been phenomenal, like for years. I thank you all so much for the platform that you have, for the camaraderie and the family. Um, that you've created with By the Hood, it means the world. It really does. Because without y'all, I'm like, okay, I would just be a little nerd over here studying about crypto and stocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. No, thank you for that. And that's the environment thank that we you. were looking to cultivate, right? You know, like really build a community and a family that help each other. It's not, it's not about things. It's not about any of that. But like one of the things we take pride in is um, our people. And we, we all learn together. We learn from each other. Like, you know, I learned from you. And, you know, that's why I said I wanted to get you on here because I, I'm noticing how, you know, I love the way you use your IG platform now. And I love the way you, you know, you I can see the transition in terms of you trying to reach out to more women. The YouTube um, channel. The, the yeah. IG so I want to make sure I, that we help you with that because you're, you're doing you're doing amazing work. Um, And for the folks out there watching or listening, I will put all Dion's information in the description box so you can check out what she's got going on. Make sure to support her. Because again, she's someone in our community who's putting out positive energy. And that's what we're about, highlighting folks that are doing positive work, um, you know, to help our people, because it's all about community. So Dion, I just want to say, uh, first and foremost, I want to give you your flowers. And I just want to say thank you for being a part of our community. And thank you for the work that you're doing, because it's needed. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. All right, man. So listen, um, I'll make sure I put all of your information in the description box in the show notes. And for our audience out there, again, thank you for all of your support. And as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. We shall see you guys in our next episode. Peace. Yeah.